Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for part two of the biggest movie release ever. So good it makes me stutter because we're here for part two of Barbenheimer. It's the Barb part. We're here to talk about Barbara Broccoli. That's right, she's finally... Got her Jews and a movie's made out about her. Does she really look like broccoli? Does she taste like broccoli? Is she broccoli? We will find out today. No, we're here to find out about Barbie, the other movie about broccoli, starring Margot Robley. Robley! I just can't speak properly apparently today. Uh, starring literally a piece of broccoli, Ryan Gosling, um, America Ferreira, Will Ferrell. And all those other people that are in this. John Cena. John Cena. Um, Michael Sarah's back. And. Yes. There's a lot of pink. On pink. Why doesn't pink make a cameo in a movie where there's just nothing but pink? They missed a trick missed here, Missed opportunity. Yeah. Missed opportunity here. But anyway, uh, there was no nuclear bombs, but there was other explosions, which we're here to talk about. My name is Ben. And I do not have a vagina, and he does not have a penis. We have no genitals. And uh, my name is Irrepressible Thoughts of Death, Colin. <laughs> Been waiting for you to say that. Um, I just <laughs> want to start this review out by saying uh, I want to congratulate Warner Brothers. Seriously, like absolutely stunning job, Warner Brothers. We talked about how basically your advertising of this movie made us want to see it. Like, I don't think you and I had no plans to ever see Barbie. And then we saw the advertising for this movie. And I was like, wow, this has sucked me in. This is fantastic. Like, let's go see Barbie. And Warner, you did an absolutely stellar job in false advertising. An absolute piece of shit film. Uh, Whoa. (laughs) I just want to start off with that right now. And I also want to preface by saying right now that I do have a penis. I am a male. This isn't a movie I think intended for me. So I just want to start that out right now by saying that. And that all further comments from this point on uh, probably will not sit well with the audience who are meant to see this movie and who will enjoy this movie. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who will see this and enjoy this movie and love this movie. And I congratulate you on enjoying this movie. I, however, did not. And I absolutely despised this movie. I literally nearly walked out and I have never, ever done that in a movie in my life before. And I was this close. This close, Colin. This close. Then Ryan Gosling started singing. I'm this like, close? I'm like, oh, this isn't actually bad. I kind of like this song. And then it kept going. But um, anyway, well, you're not expecting that reaction from me uh, at all. Um, <laughs> I was on the fence. Uh, I mean, I, we'll have some different opinions here because uh, I actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to say I loved this movie. I'm not going to say it's not a movie without flaws, uh, but uh, it was clever um what's interesting is though is that i feel like there's similarities to other movies which make me realize it's not a little less original than i think some people think it is uh you kind of hit the nail on the head i think at the end of the oppenheimer review that like this more or less looks like free guy and to me this is just free guy in the toy world as opposed to free guy in a video game world uh but uh flip side of it being that i watch this movie and i'm like so this is toy story just toy story is toys in the real world and this is real people in a toy world um but there are a lot of things i did enjoy about this movie uh having said that it like oppenheimer runs a little bit long for what it should be 
unlike Oppenheimer, I feel like it is the last act of this movie that just drags on and on and on. But uh, I, I, I got it. I thought it was clever. I thought it was amusing. Uh, and um, I'll, I'll be defending some stuff that I think you're not going to. I, I just I don't get what you got because there was nothing to get in this movie except men are bad, women are great, and nothing else matters. And, like, this is the thing. I... Like, it literally, there's no plot. There's no purpose. Tell me one thing that happened in this film that is relevant to anything. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I Toy Story had a plot. Free Guy had a plot. Bewitched <laughs> had a plot. Uh, I mean, people bag out Bewitched as being terrible. Remember all the shit that got, what, like 17 years ago, how old Emerald Bewitched is. But, like, this literally just, the, the, there were, okay, there were fun, like, definitely fun bits about this movie. And it started off like, okay, yep, this is great. And, like, it was bright and bubbly and all that kind of stuff. But to me, this is literally, Mattel has gone, fuck, I think we might have done something bad with feminism. Let's make a movie saying that men are bad and women are great. What do we think about that, everyone? Yeah, all right, let's do it. And they did it. And this is what we get. See, I don't, I don't really get that whole men are bad thing in this oh, movie. Uh, you don't this, get it at all. We, we, we were no, watching the same I, movie. <laughs> I, to, and, and here's another comparison. To me, I, I kind of walked out of this feeling like, you know, this movie is doing with men, similar to what, what women want did with women. It, it is not negative women. It is just, it is Couldn't showing, here's an, amuse, here's an amusing side of women that, that isn't shown. And there's nothing really in this movie. You know, when they talk about patriarchy and stuff like that, they're showing like the real world. There's nothing in this movie that doesn't, act, isn't actually happening or hasn't actually happened. And I, I feel like what this movie is, this movie is a fantasy world where you have, the perfect world for women and women are dominating and, and men are marginalized in that world. And then you throw Barbie into the real world where it's like, Oh, I guess it's not quite as simple as that. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think, I think you maybe are taking the whole, cause I can definitely see there are parts in here that would be like, wow, this movie is anti-male, but it's, it's kind of not the point of the movie. The point of the movie is we're having fun with some of these things that are real in the real world. I couldn't disagree more because what would sell that is if we ended with an ending where it was kind of like men and women have their differences, but we can co, you know, whatever, like this may be a spoiler. It may not. It's fucking Barbie. It's got no plot. There's nothing to spoil. This movie literally ends with them going back to this stylistic world where essentially like, like I feel bad for Ken in this movie because Ken is treated like absolute fucking rubbish, which is clearly meant to be a commentary on how women were treated at one point in history. And then it's all of a sudden like, he has no purpose, he has no meaning, he finds meaning, he goes a bit too far with that because patriarchy, men are all assholes, to which then Barbie and all the Barbies treat him like absolute shit. And then they're like, oh, but that's fine. Let's go back to our happy life. Where's the middle ground? There needs to be some level of middle there, ground in that plot. There's no middle ground in it. It literally ends with Barbie with a vagina. And it's like, cool. Well, yes, Thanks for that. that. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, there there is a point to it. Because at the end of the movie, I mean, Ken gets an apology, you know? <laughs> Gee, sorry about that, Ken. But then he goes back to being Ken. It's like, okay, let's let's. Oh, no, he goes back to trying to figure out what Ken is supposed to be. No, I, I, but like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I, I, I feel like I just, I don't know. This movie just like, it, it's, it's, a, it's one of these ones where like I go on about movies being preachy and being too much. And I understand the, the time we live in and I understand what we're going with. And you and I have had these conversations before about it's all well and good to bring a message to the table and say one thing and signify a thing. And I'm not here saying that some of the stuff that they portray under the realms of a male-dominated world isn't incorrect. It is correct. It's just the level of, I want to say, double standards that you portray in a film like this, that if you flip this around and this was done in the opposite direction, it's, it's, it's different. It's taken wrongly. I think I see what you're saying with what women want, but the difference with what women want is that Mel Gibson comes away in that movie with kind of like a, Hmm. Okay. I kind of get a bit more of what women were like, and maybe there's more to it than this, that, and I'm not going to be a sexist misogynist dinosaur. Like I'm going to try and like, 
like literally you have moments in this film where like you know people they, they talk about women empowerment about like how this is a stereotype and it set feminism back and it's you know all this kind of stuff you've literally got a plastic waxed male body with a six pack that's essentially the embodiment of what a male should look like but that's never touched upon this level of masculinity, which is kind of poked fun at as this is what the patriarchy is, but not every male is like that. But they kind of gloss over that as a lol jokes. Ha 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 ha. We're just powerful men in the patriarchy and you suck. Like that's what annoys me about a film like this. Where's the middle ground? Have a message in there somewhere else that you can help direct it because you don't leave this film with a sense of, well, Maybe we're going to change something here, and maybe we can live together in harmony as both genders. But I, but I feel like that is the ending. The, oh, the, the ending of the movie, yeah. The ending in the movie is, you know, oh, I guess we made some mistakes here. Let's let's try to for make women. this more open for everybody. For women, no, they but, do no, nothing the, with men. They do because Ken is, if anything, Ken has the biggest arc of this movie. Oh, couldn't disagree more. And. No, I completely, I completely disagree with you, Ben Waterworth. And like, here's the thing: I'm, I'm, I'm not defending this movie, saying this movie is brilliant. This is the best thing I've ever seen. But I, I get what they were doing in this movie, and I feel like, in comparison to other ways they could have made this movie, l- let's also remember this movie is made for girls. Oh, it is made for yeah. women, and that's and, yeah, I agree. And, but and 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 in all honesty, if there was a movie that was targeted towards one demographic, you're going to expect the message to be about that demographic. Now, yeah. what I appreciate is that. There is an a, a small subplot underlying message that is directed towards other people, but th- the audience of this movie doesn't need to see. Oh, you know, this is you know uh, a movie about men and women. This is a movie about girls, and there is one speech which, of course, get America Ferrera has like this one speech which, which is very good. It is is well delivered performance. It is very long. It is very over the top. You got to give her tons of credit for being able to actually do that. Which apparently she had to do like multiple takes of that which is crazy because it's like a one-shot thing. And th- that is basically saying this movie is about, it, and that movie's not directed towards men. Yet there is the part in this movie where it's about patriarchy, where it is directed to, hey, this is what the real world is, which is kind of just Barbie comes from the perfect world. And they're addressing the facts like that. Well, the world is not actually perfect. So let's see what would happen if Barbie were in the real world. But the message of this movie is all about women. And it is mostly about how women treat women as opposed to women treat men. Mm. And on the, the whole patriarchy thing, yeah, you do have sequences where guys are like, hey, we're guys, we control. Most of that over-the-top behavior about men being bad is simply the way Ken looked at the world as Ken, somebody who had never seen men can have power too, and he goes too over-the-top, which if you were to flip this movie around, I feel like you're going to have the same thing. You're going to have women be like, oh, so women can have control too, and then you're going to have you know a little bit of a villain arc for a female character. Yes and no, but I still disagree in the fact that there's... I, I don't agree that there's anything redeeming about Ken because, like, at the end of the movie, he has a bit of a cry, doesn't know who he is still, and moves on. Like, that, like have him crying and then kind of have a big spiel about, like... Because like, like, he kind of says it at one point. He's kind of like, you know, something about a man not crying. Like, I want that level to be like, it's okay if you're a man and you can cry. Like, feel your emotions. Like get out of stereotypes be make this a movie about it breaking stereotypes because this this is something that like i'm getting all like emotional and whatever about myself but like like in all seriousness like this is a message that doesn't get sent out there and i'll come back to your point about this being a a movie for women because i completely agree with that it's it's this level in media and society about gender roles and how it's so heavily focused on women breaking stereotypes and being whatever they want to be and absolutely do it. But as a, as a male of a certain type, I'm still expected to have this image of a man. It's like a Ken. It's like a, you know, like it's got mm-hmm. a six pack and a, a man, like literally if tomorrow I'm moving house with someone and I'm next to a female and there's something heavy, who do they turn to to lift that? That's a gender role. They look at a man, you're automatically stronger. You pick that up. I guarantee you 80% of women listening to this right now, which there's not no women listening to this, but like if there were, <laughs> are stronger than I am. Like it's kind of those gender roles and everything that, anyway, that's a sour tangent. The point is, I think you could have had a message on that. To your point about the women, 100%, that's why I started this episode off by saying, I'm not the right demographic. And another point you made, you absolutely should have movies that are 99% swayed to one gender. I think we live in a, in a blurred world where now where it's, everything's equal, blah, 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 which, you know, great. But then it's just on that level of, 
you should be allowed to have a movie purely that women go along and it's targeted at women and they get it. There should be movies where men can go along. Like, it's, you're allowed to have that. And that's why I'm saying that my distaste for this movie and my negativity, I think, basically comes down to my gender and my opinions. I will say, like, this isn't a bad movie. Like, this isn't Jack and Jill. This isn't the Emoji movie. (laughs) Like, this is a well... This movie looks good. There are fun elements to it. I would recommend this movie to people. I'm not going to go out and say this is a terrible movie. Don't see it. You just don't recommend it for yourself. I don't like. I personally hated it. Like I personally hated it. But that's just it's purely a Ben opinion. This isn't Ben saying Jurassic Park is the greatest movie of all time. I'm right. You're all wrong. It's more of a I hated it. But I can guarantee you, other people would love this, and I can see why they would mm. love this. You know, here's one thing that this is me disagreeing with almost every opinion Ben has in this movie, but agreeing with where he's coming from. Like I kind of like, I like where we're going with this. (laughs) But, but, uh, but, but uh, in your defense, like you said, there is a demographic for this movie and there's certain people this movie is not targeted towards. Now, I think where I applaud this movie is that it is targeted towards a specific demographic. It is a huge demographic. It is a demographic that haven't really had a film like this before. Uh, I'm with you that there are gender roles that it's like, hey, you could a movie like this isn't going to address every single gender role on both yeah. sides, you know. Yeah. And and what I appreciate is that they they came into this movie and you have characters like Will Ferrell, like so Will Ferrell for a second, he's in here to be Will Ferrell. Yeah. But there's some clever stuff where where they don't play it like he's he's not anti woman. It's more so you have this entire corporation of men. And and to me, one of the funny, maybe the single funniest part of this entire movie was where Barbie Singh is like, there's no women here running the Barbie company. He goes, we had a female C- COO back in the 80s. And we had another female COO at some point in time. <laughs> this is a guy who doesn't realize, oh, you know what? Maybe we don't have enough women. But he's not saying like, we got to change and everything. He's like, this is the world that I live in. But he's still, he's very pro Barbie. He's very pro women. He just is like, I'm in this world and and I I, I can't give you an answer for this world, but I'm going to try to defend it. But uh, I, I mean, there are movies like this is where I'm feeling like there is a lot of the criticism this movie's getting on the male side that people are just saying, oh, these these guys are chauvinistic pigs and everything is like, how many movies have we covered which have no chauvinism in them, but guaranteed every time we go through the reviews, we always are finding countless female reviews. We did it with Rush, where people were calling, there were, there were uh, women who reviewed Rush who were like, this movie's chauvinistic. We're like, what? <laughs> it's a movie about race car driving because it's a movie about men in a male sport. It's chauvinistic. I mean, literally every movie we cover, you get that criticism. So I don't think it's wrong for somebody who's not in that demographic to say, I don't get this movie. The same is that, I can't even tell you how many women with for the Transformers movies, mm. the the toy line films that that are not about gender roles, but they are clearly geared towards the male fan base who grew up with those toys. It is not a problem for women to say this movie is a hundred percent for guys and there's nothing for women. Yeah, so it's okay to say you know this isn't for me. I am not the demographic for this. Uh, I'm not the demographic for Barbie. I, I got enjoyment out of it because I thought there were some amusing moments. And I think Michael Sarah is amazing in this movie. Alan, uh, Alan. Alan, <laughs> Alan. I'm just uh, Alan. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like the, the, I can see that for people who grew up, you haven't seen it yet, but uh, Across the Spider-Verse, that was one of the most incredible experiences I've ever seen in a theater. And for different reasons is Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, similar, but different. Spider-Man No Way Home it was all about the fans who grew up on those Spider-Man movies. We're like, yeah, yeah. With Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, that was like more so like Barbie, where we are going to throw in all these Easter eggs of everything Spider-Man because there's going to be at least one person sitting in the audience who loved this one version of Spider-Man. And that's kind of what this is, where they have these characters like Midge, which I'm, I don't know anything about Barbies, so I didn't know that there was a Midge or an Alan, but there are people, and when I saw this, the the range of the demographic that was in that theater was crazy. There are women walking in with walkers mm, and wheelchairs yeah. who are like 90 years old. That's a very, yeah, some elderly ones in my session too. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, those people are coming in and they're like, oh, they're mentioning Alan and nobody else is going to get it. So uh, yeah, they throw all these little Easter eggs in that are going to appeal to everybody. But I mean, in the end, I feel like this movie's it's it's a harmless movie. There's nothing in this movie that is going to give somebody the wrong message. It's just going to kind of be like, this is music. And the kids who see this movie, they're not going to take any message. Again, very similar to Toy Story. Toy Story was like the first animated movie where it's like kids are going to enjoy it, but they're not going to get half the jokes, you know? I think like it's just, it comes down to, it is an audience, a referencing, all that kind of stuff. But it's sort of like, I think that, you know, just as like you use the example of say Rush, like I'm a Formula One fan. I'm going to get something completely different out of that than you would or somebody else. And then clearly some people think it's a, a sexist movie. It's like, I have conversations with people about James Bond who still mm -hmm. like some women I meet who will be like, I'll never watch James Bond because it's a sexist, terrible franchise. Yeah. And it's sort of like, okay, well, understandable. It has a bad reputation and we can't defend some of the stuff that was in some of those earlier films. And, and fair enough. Like that's, that's your opinion. But I don't go into those movies bemoaning the stuff that was in it and like reading the books and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's, it's also a case of just because I read it and see what was said or on screen, I'm also not going to act out on that and like, oh, well, I can slap a woman on the ass and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, that's where like I watched this film though and like again where I can come out of it feeling the hatred of this film and nearly wanting to walk out of it. And But like people are allowed to have those reactions to films. You know, it's sort of... Like every woman who saw Transformers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, like it, it, there's a weird thing that happened in the cinema which going back to my point of double standards kind of to me backs up some of my points in this film. I've got a question for you. When I saw Oppenheimer last week, I didn't have that dickhead interrupt the scene where Florence Pugh's <laughs> boobs came out. But like if I, if I pulled my phone out during the scene when Florence Pugh has got her shirt removed and her breasts are revealed, if I took a picture of Florence Pugh shirtless, is that appropriate? No, but like, I'm guessing well, there were some people. <laughs> two girls in front of me. When Ryan Gosling ripped his shirt off, took their phone out, and took a photo of it. But that's okay. Which, to me, that's fine. The same as if you're taking a picture. Like, it, it's funny. Uh, um, it, there's there's a group that, uh, a Facebook group that, uh, it's like 90s nostalgia. And somebody simply posed the question, oh, who is the most attractive, you know, uh, uh, woman of the 90s? And you get people who are applying saying, that's sexist. Who's the most attractive male? And literally the guy who posted it said, I'm going to say this person. Like, it's like, just because you are getting enjoyment out, it doesn't mean you're, but, but you can, you can I, appreciate Florence Pugh. I agree, Pugh, but, I agree. but, but, but like, the thing I was going to add to that, like we had a thing recently going around about the, some guy posted a video about, he was like rating the attractiveness of some of the women world cup players, sexist, disgusting, sexist. There are videos online of women rating the male yeah. world. But that's my point is that's where I come at a double standards level, that society kind of accepts that type of level from one side. Whereas if I'm walking around going, hey, look, I took a picture of Florence Pugh shirtless. <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, it's different. It's like, well, you want free the nipple, so you can't have it both ways. The, the point is I'm going on a rant. This isn't a good episode for Ben Waterworth. I get it. I've got a <laughs> reputation already. I'm living up to it. I don't care. This is the level I come from too, that I feel that – People like myself who are opinionated and get very heated about these things are allowed to say it and not get slandered or talked down upon because that's my point. Like, I have an opinion on a film. It's my opinion. That's all I'm mm. saying. I did not like this movie based on those opinions. There were things that were funny I, in it. You said one of the funny lines. To me, the funniest line in this film was when Helen Mirren like interjects at one point when Margot Robbie's gone about being unattractive and they're like, the filmmaker's got the most incorrect thing wrong about this yeah. film because they've got Margot Robbie <laughs> delivering this line. Like, that was funny. Um, yeah. And there were some other like laugh out loud moments that I thought, was good. again, the Ryan Gosling like song at the end, that's going to win the Oscar next year, surely. Which, and I also just want to add, if Ryan Gosling gets nominated for an Oscar for this film, fuck right off Academy Awards because <laughs> I'm sorry. Jim Carrey didn't get nominated. I can list, like, freaking Sam Rockwell for Galaxy Quest. You've sold me so much on that. Like, yeah. seriously, like, Ryan Gosling, the best I've ever seen him in anything. Like, I'm telling you now, yeah. I enjoyed him on a level where, fact, like, hey, he, he's got a smile. He's got personality. But this is not an Academy Award-nominated performance. Come on. Um, well, I think in today's day and oh. age where we're changing things, like, 
it, it's it's like Alec Guinness getting nominated for Star Wars. I mean, you're never going to say Alec Guinness deserves if you put anybody else in that role. Oh, Ezra Miller in the Wars. Flash deserves more of an Academy yeah, Award which, nomination than fucking Ryan Gosling in Barbie. I mean, I I agree, performance based, yeah. Although it'll never happen, no. and I kind of understand the reasoning why. But I mean, in the end, this movie's going to get nominated, just like Oppenheimer. It's going to get nominated for Best Picture. I, the, I almost guarantee yeah. Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are both getting nominated. I don't nominated. think Margot Robbie's really in the conversation, but you know, it, 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 like that, that's one of the weird things about this movie is that people are walking away from the Barbie movie, and everybody's talking about Ken uh, and. This is where I feel like flipping that gender role has kind of worked, you know, because it worked in the uh, the way that maybe the filmmakers intended it. Because in this movie, Ken is playing the female role, you know, and that's one of the things I thought was clever about it. Because, you know, yes, he is uh, marginalized by Barbie. And yes, they do address that in this movie. Uh, and he's a character who doesn't serve a purpose, but he is fun to watch. I mean, this is by far the best Ryan Gosling's ever been. Now, having said that, I'm finding more and more a lot of people just don't like Ryan Gosling. Like, Jamie, I kept telling her, I, he I think you'll popular, like him. to be honest. I didn't realize it. I thought I was the only one who didn't I like mean, he Ryan is, Gosling. <laughs> he is very popular, but I think that there's also this, this like, contingent who's just, like, who kind of gets it. Like, Ryan Gosling is is so bland, you know? Uh, sure, he's there got he that intense look, you know? Look he, Ben's thumb. I'm going to draw my thumb <laughs> again. This. Hang on, I'll get we, him on we, the we show. We both have... We both have two thumbs. Now we got four Ken's right. Got Ryan Gosling on the show. There he is. Hello, I'm Ryan Gosling. There you go. Just draw a face on your thumb. You've got Ryan Gosling. But like Jamie refuses to see this movie. And I'm telling you, like, this is your type of movie. Jamie you would, would like, like it. this movie. She would. But yeah, she's like, I have no time for Ryan Gosling. Uh, my nephew, who I saw this with, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, it was clever at parts. It was it was funny. But like, oh, I'm sorry, I just didn't think Ryan Gosling, and he didn't even like Ryan Gosling in this movie, which that's where you could really tell there's some hatred towards him. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, Ryan Gosling is going to get an Oscar nomination. I, I would applaud that if, it, like you said, if it wasn't for the fact that like how many other people have you ignored that have done roles like this? Um, what one thing really quickly, I just just want to uh, talk about Alan in this movie because Michael Sarah, the the greater Canadian uh, male actor Canadians in this film. In this movie. There's a lot, yeah. Uh, but uh, Michael Sarah, I mean, he he kind of like huge on Arrested Development. And then he did Juno and Scott Pilgrim. And those movies have massive cult followings to this day. Just sort of disappeared. And now he just sort of pops up in these yeah. little cameos like this. But, but I loved Alan in this movie. And Alan kind of presents the other side of like the, where we're gearing this movie towards males too. Because... He kind of is like the forgotten guy. And this isn't even about a competition of we're flipping the gender roles. In this movie, Alan's the guy that even the guys don't want around. You know, There's like a sadness to Alan that like they give him some screen time. But I kind of want that explored more. And if they're going to do a Barbie universe, give us an Alan movie. Like, how does Alan find himself? Because even when this movie's over, Alan is still just Alan, you know. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like there, there's there's fun characters in this movie. But at the same time, this is where I'll get into some of my complaints that have nothing to do with you know, uh, uh, double standards or anything like that. Uh, they have so many roles in this movie for all the different Barbies, but like, there's no development for any of them. And there's that's where I feel like- There's no development for anyone in this movie. There's nothing that happens. Yeah, well, and I feel like Barbie and Ken have a story, you know, and this is a movie about an entire world and we get sequences where there's like deprogramming, reprogramming all these people because, oh, the world is wrong. And then the, the, the world that we brought into this world is wrong. And- there's a lot of, yeah, I guess not big name actors, but they got actors that are somewhat established to play a lot of these roles and they do nothing with them. And I kind of just want more of that. My other complaint about this movie being that like, I kind of thought like the, the, the song that they had, like um, the West side story type battle between the Kens was fun, but then it goes on for like five minutes, you yeah. know? And then the endings of this movie, you get like these nice teary endings. Like you mentioned, like Ken has, his, his breakdown moment, which I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice. I like this. They're actually giving something to Ken to do here. The, one of these things that I'm picking up on the beginning of the movie, I'm like, but isn't Ken like not the bad guy? Because they basically made him a villain. Mm. You know, this is even like Darth Vader. Like Ken becomes the villain in this movie because of his treatment by Barbie earlier in the movie. Uh, and then it just goes on and on and on. And, and whereas I felt like Oppenheimer, that first hour, there was just like, you could have summed that up in 10 minutes. I feel like the last half hour of this movie could have been summed up in 10 minutes. And this isn't that long of a movie. I think it's right around the two hour mark, but just the ending, they just, it, it, it felt like they were just 
oh, we've got a nice scene here. So let's drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. And this is just a criticism from a filmmaking standpoint. Like you could have condensed the ending of this movie a lot and made it a little less of droning on. Got a question for you. I'm a man. You're a man. Um, when I, think I try. Of, when I think of like masculine songs, I don't know if I really <laughs> think about Push by Matchbox 20. Well, you should. You should. Here's, here's, here's the funny thing. That song... To me, that that fit perfectly in this movie because that song, um, uh, you know, Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty, he got like a ton of criticism when that song came out, saying, "Oh, this song is uh, it's sexist, it's anti-women," and he's like, "I literally wrote that song about a woman who was abusing me," you know, <laughs> and they it kind of got turned around after that when people, oh, I think we were hard on this. Matchbox Twenty, uh, the Rob Thomas from Matchbox Twenty. This is one of the memories I have of growing up where I'm like. Wait, so there are you talking about double standards? There are double standards towards men too because he they uh, when they first came out there was all this criticism about him being fat. So their first song was oh, um was long <laughs> long day was their first one and people and, and that video came out and people were like oh this guy's so fat he took that criticism so harshly and he basically starved himself for three months and then when the oh. video for push came out people were like look at this guy he's like anorexic what's wrong with him and he's like I literally can't win you oh. called me fat in the last video and you called me skinny here. And then there was the whole thing, the double standard, like this is a guy who's abused. So it, the song was fitting, I, I feel like. I, I I mean, honestly, I haven't thought about Rob Thomas in about 20 years, but I mean. <laughs> Most people haven't. <laughs> I, I didn't know he existed still. I thought he just died silently and all like Pee Wee Herman died. Rest in peace, Pee Wee Herman. But like oh, I thought yeah. Rob Thomas died. Like I'm going to look on his Wikipedia page. Oh, he died in 2007. <laughs> Where was Ro- his cameo in this? I don't know. Like I just, I don't know. Like I just, I think of manly songs and I don't think of Push by, like, no disrespect to Matt. Matchbox 20, I, but, I have no thoughts on Matchbox 20, but like, that's not the manly anthem. Like, I but, don't but know. I, but I, I feel like, especially because of the, the, the context of the song, I think that's the reason for it. Because that, that's, to me, that was showing like, oh, wait, these Kens aren't just being like, we're men. You know, they're, they're not saying men, 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 well, men, men, that men, song? <laughs> Charlie Sheen popping out of the Barbie mobile. <laughs> But I mean, they're coming. That's I think the inclusion of that song is like, hey, this is not just about us being we're chauvinists and males. This is about us being like, you push us around. <laughs> well, why do you why you why you got to push us around? Uh, <laughs> I'm actually disappointed. Like, I don't know if my biggest disappointment is the fact that they literally sample Barbie Girl in some rap song. Like, how oh, is this there move is- not advertised just with like Barbie Girl in general? Like, come yeah. on. That, I, I I know that the um, the members of Aqua had actually come out. I, I didn't even read the story, but they come out basically criticizing them for that. Like, you used our song in a million places, but didn't use our song. And that is the Barbie anthem, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe they asked for too much money. I don't know. There has to be a reason why. Because obviously you you paid to license the song to cover, just not actually included in the movie. Because I saw, I saw them... I follow them on social media and I did see like in the lead up to this film that they kind of tease like, oh, you didn't think we weren't going to be like included somehow. And then like, I remember hearing a sample of it. Like, this is like, I don't usually mind it when they like sample. Like there was a, the David Guetta song in the last year where he sampled um, Blue by F65, one of my favorite songs of all time. And it's great. Like, it's amazing how they've resampled that. And I then see Jeffrey J on Eiffel 65 social media going like, yeah, we got like a gold platinum record last year. Like, more than 20 years after Blue because of that sample and we're making all this money off it. So thanks, David Getter. Um, whereas like here, like it's like, it's a waste of using. And this is freaking a movie that is so pink, so like colorful and Barbie. And that's like, visually this movie's fantastic. And I really do hope this wins an Oscar for like, you know, I guess costume design or set design because it looks, yeah. I love that like integration that they do. But again, it's a wasted opportunity. How can you not use the actual song of Barbie Girl? Like, come on. Like, I'm surprised in yeah. Indiana Jones dollars yesterday they didn't use Dr. Jones by freaking Aqua, as we <laughs> discovered. You know, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, go back in time. Um, I don't know. Like, Spoiler. I just want to say one thing. As Barbie Heimer disappointed a little bit, Oppenheimer maybe wasn't the film we thought it would be, but it was still solid, long. I haven't liked this film. Um. Bit, bit underwhelming, old Barb. I, I, you know, my favorite. I think I preferred. I preferred Flash and Flashish and Impossible. Um, <laughs> that's my summer blockbuster duo that I want to do. Mission Flash Possible. I don't know. That was that's that's Ben's duo. That's my double feature. Oppenheimer, underwhelming. Kind of like the Oz Network. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the whole Barbenheimer craze has really come down to two things. I mean, it, it's one, you have polar opposite movies that didn't budge, especially during this time. I, I, there's so many movies that this, this is my side rant here. Dark I'm so Han. tired Dark. of the criticism. I'm so tired of the criticism this year about all these movies are bombing. Nothing that they're saying is bombing has actually bombed. Everything is making the exact same amount of money. You You can't say that Elemental, The Flash, uh, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, uh, Transformers. You've got at least a half a dozen movies that everybody's saying these movies have all bombed and they've made the exact same amount of money. The problem with this year is that you had one movie after the other instead of staggering these releases. If any of these movies actually had a second weekend, they would have made you know the, the type of money that was expected. But you have Barbie and Oppenheimer, two movies that came out on the same day. And so you should have even more competition when you're living in a summer where a movie just has a one-week release and then the next movie knocks it off. And then you add to that that they are such polar opposite movies and neither of these movies were your typical summer blockbuster. Hmm. And I think that's the thing that people are fascinated by it. So maybe if they are watching a lot of these Flash and Transformers and Indiana Jones where they're like, wow, it's the same summer blockbuster with you know action and adventure. And then you get these two movies where it's like, there's nothing else out like this. And the thing that I applaud them for more than anything is that there are people who are, I think there was some crazy fact, like there was a 30% increase in people who were doing double features, who are actually buying tickets for two movies at the same time. I, I, and that's what's really amazing. Like, I think what's cr crazy about this isn't the fact that you have these two movies with all the success. It's the fact that the people who normally would only have seen Barbie and never saw Oppenheimer are seeing Oppenheimer. The people who normally only see Oppenheimer are bothering to see Barbie. I followed two people out. Well, I say follow, they were in front of me. Uh, like when I was leaving, it's kind of you leave the cinema and you sort of have to take a beeline to go left to go down this area. These two people like literally walked out and went into another movie. So I don't know if they were just sneaking in or they literally had tickets to Oppenheimer. Like it just, you know, it was just, I saw them mm. do that. I'm looking at, I haven't really paid attention to the box office this year, but you talk about like, like in the space of what, 10 days at the time of recording this, Barbie has made $350 million in domestic box office for North America. That is insane. Um, mm -hmm. Oppenheimer's only made 174. Didn't realize a flash only made 107 million. And I keep forgetting Shazam came out this year. 57 oh, million. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. Poor, poor Shazam. Much better movie than Barbie. Uh, Helen uh, Mirren, better in that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll agree with that. <laughs> Helen Mirren was great in Shazam. Um, um, Little Mermaid, and, and, and other than that, Bob, that made nearly $300 million. Stop and that's the other one. That. People are like, yeah, people are saying the Little Mermaid bombed. It's like, no, just because these movies aren't making pre-pandemic dollars doesn't mean they're bombing. I, I do feel really bad for Mission Impossible, though, because that movie, everybody who saw it loved it. I mean, yeah, this is, I think it's still the, the box office. I mean, its opening week was huge, but but the problem was is that you lost all of your IMAX screens, and that was ever since Ghost Protocol. That's how Mission Impossible made so much of his money is people who wanted to see it on the premium screens, and you lost all that to Oppenheimer like ten days later. How many and times you, you seen add it to now, that, by the way, Mission Impossible? I mean, three. I I almost saw it a fourth time this weekend, but I plan on seeing it a fourth time. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you you lose all of your IMAX screens to Oppenheimer, and then you basically lose everybody who would go to a repeat screenings or whatever to Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, in the end, I mean, Mission Impossible is going to more than make it up, you know, worldwide. But uh, that's where I, I feel like going forward, again, we're, we're still you know, post-pandemic where people aren't understanding, like, you can't release movies one week after the other the way mm. you used to because you're just yeah. going to kill everybody's box office. And now the fact that there's nothing coming out. I mean, there's Ninja Turtles this weekend, which I'll be taking Casper. Maybe we'll have Casper on for a review. Oh, do it. Uh, it's but a winner. It'll, it'll be a, I hope it's a winner. He loves the Ninja Turtles now. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, I hope the SAG strike's going to change a lot of the news because now we've already got at least shifting release dates and all that. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure that within six months, we're not going to be seeing these back-to-back -back releases anymore. Any movie is going to say we're going to need these, a two or three week buffer from another big film. We're going to uh, be back to re-releases in about six months, aren't we? So, um, yeah, you know. I'm hoping um, I don't really have anything to add unless there's anything else. Look, I, I just want to reiterate with everything I've said, I, I'm not this isn't a bad film. This is not a bad movie and it has its audience. Ben Waterworth is in its audience. So I'm not telling people to not go see this movie. If you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur, clearly like I am based on the opinions people are probably thinking right now, don't see it. You're going to dislike it. But I also think. If you've got a viewpoint like myself on certain things, like you're allowed to dislike a movie like this. But 
it is a fun movie in aspects. And I definitely think if you are a, a female or whichever gender you decide to be that would be correctly associated with a film like this, yeah. go and see it. And not even necessarily like Colin enjoyed some of this movie and maybe it's not targeted at him. Go and see it. Like, go and see it. Do the whole Barbenheimer thing. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. To me, it hasn't lived up to the hype, but at the same time, I also like Die Another Day. So what can I say? I mean, this is not the world's greatest film. Who just scored in the background there? England is <laughs> shitting all over China right now. It's 4 nothing. <laughs> you were, we're, Ben's very pro-female. He's watching uh, his least favorite I, I, country no, in female soccer. And this isn't me trying to be like, oh, I'm so pro-female. Like, I am so into the Women's World Cup right now, and I just don't even think it's in my own backyard and we're covering it. But, like, seriously, I'm literally, like, looking at my phone in the cinema, dim light, not taking pictures of Ryan Gosling, looking at, like, the World Cup scores because I'm that, like, fucking like, oh, my God, what's happening? But, no, England is shitting all over China right now. Uh, one thing I want to add, you mentioned this earlier, but, like, there are double standards towards men, and and those are things that and it's women like, too. personally double standards of and everyone. women. Well, yeah, exactly. Are there but, double standards of women? I've never specifically, heard <laughs> but, but like specifically, there are certain things that I think both you and I have talked about before. Just because this is a problem for women doesn't mean it can't be a problem for men too. Yeah, like exactly. you talk about the this movie addresses the whole idea about Barbie. It's not a realistic depiction of women. And this movie kind of, what I kind of like is this movie defends it. It was not meant to be, it was meant to be, let's give you a dream, right? Uh, this, that exact same thing exists for guys. Like no boy grew up with any action figure that looked like a real human being. You know, <laughs> uh, GI Joes do not look like real guys. You know, when you watch, um, and, and well, let's look at any of the action films of the Marvel action films. Those aren't realistic depictions of what men look like. You know, there's that on the, the male side. There's, <laughs> but but th then there are also flip things where it's like, okay, so you're not allowed to have an opinion? Like, just because you say this woman is attractive, you know, just because you, you enjoy Florence Pugh and Oppenheimer, that doesn't mean that's the only thing you're appreciating her for. We loved her in, you know, uh, Black Widow and everything. But th there, there are double standards on both sides. I don't feel like it belonged in this movie. It would have been nice if they included it but I feel like that would bloat it. Um, what I what I would love to see, you know, a universe where they explore this. I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not demanding the Barbie universe. I don't think I would pay to see that many of these, but I would love to see a universe explored where you do double standards for all different, you know, demographics. It's, both of us definitely grew up where they're, they're and, and here's, here's the main thing. I know people who have, my brother has all girls and he even tells me, he's like, you know, there's that cheesy scene in the Avengers where all the women come together and like even women criticize that scene they're like wow that's so bad but but he's got like four girls and like yeah and then he's like so why do you like this and they're like because girls are awesome for them it's a cheap thing and they appreciate it so it's like there's a place for that you know but like on my side i've got three boys and i don't want them to grow up where the media and movies are telling them everything you do is bad uh and that was one of the reasons why i i think I, I do feel this movie is not anti-male because this is something I'd want to show them where it's like, this is depicting the real world. And really, if anything, this movie is harder on women than it is on men. And, and in the end, I feel like the point of this movie, it has more to do with how women set themselves up, how women treat each other and put expectation on each other than it is men. Uh, this is a movie where I wouldn't worry about my boys are going to be programmed to think everything they do is wrong and you can never do anything right, you know? Um, now I would love to see a movie one day that that shows some of the things that. Uh, <laughs> and again, I've got three kids who are all going to have their own struggles too. You know, they they they, they, they there's going to be prejudice against my kids just because they're on the spectrum and all that. And I would love things to address that. But I'm also not going to expect that every movie's going to target that demographic the same way that I don't expect this movie to target everything that I, as a man, would like to see about double standards. I am not one to be overly serious, and. Uh compliment things but honestly and this is not coming from any level of joking that is maybe one of the most profound and deep things i've ever heard you say on this show and i thank you very much respect you for that I because try. i think that's very open and honest and and a good insight into you as a father and and raising young boys and i think that's a very solid statement i don't agree on a level of i uh, if i had a son god help us if I, that ever happened Better off having a son than a daughter, let's be honest. But um, I personally would be the opposite. I don't know if I'd want to show this to my son 
Because I, I don't agree. I don't think this paints men in a good light. And I think it sends a wrong message. That's just me. But again, we can agree to disagree. I will politely bin this movie. Um, I, 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 yeah, no, I, it's, it's a, it's a solid bin for me, but I'm intrigued. I'm guessing you're renting. Yeah, I'm going to rent. Like I, I, I never really debated whether I would buy this movie, but I, I would say for the right demographic, this is a hundred percent a buy. This is a buy the way that Spider-Man No Way Home was a buy for it. The more time passes, I still love, there's nothing that diminishes my love for Spider-Man No Way Home. But the more time passes, the more I realize Spider-Man No Way Home was not a well, like it was a well-made film, but it is not a great movie. There are a ton of plot holes. There are a ton of issues with that movie, but it was perfect for its audience. And I feel like this movie is perfect for its audience. So for the right person, this is 100% a buy. For me, it's a rent because I saw it. I enjoyed parts of it. There are other parts I didn't enjoy. I enjoyed Oppenheimer slightly more, but I have issues with both movies. This just is, it's something that I would probably go out of my way to show Jamie to see her reaction. But on my own, I don't think I would go out of my way to watch Barbie again. It was good for what it was. Not four times Mission Impossible style, basically, is what you're trying to say. Mission Impossible is a buy it every single chance you get. And if you don't, you are the problem with this human race, not patriarchy. It, 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 <laughs> the, the real problem with this world is people are not buying Mission Impossible. What we're trying reckoning. to say is go see a movie with a man in it. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Bring with the men to movies. <laughs> uh, men, 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 men. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Um, I I mean, you're going to see, I'd love to hear a review with Casper. That would be fantastic. I don't know if I'm going to be seeing anything till, well, is Gran Turismo or Blue Beetle out first? It's been, well, Blue, well, it depends if they keep the releases. Because Gran Turismo was supposed to be out on the 11th and Blue Beetle the 18th. But now Gran Turismo just moved its release date to the 25th. Is this of August? So we or might, are we in the same? August, yeah. Oh, wow, that's soon. Oh, so I thought Blue we, Beetle and that was like a couple of months away. Shit. All right. Yeah, so, well, now we're like, you know, what? Three weeks away, less than three weeks away from Blue Beetle. and about no three advertising. Weeks I've not seen a single thing about that. I mean, no promotion every, or anywhere. Well, every, every time I go uh, to see a movie, it seems to be the trailer that's attached. I, no, I've not. the tra- I mean, today I saw a trailer for My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. I thought they were still making it. I didn't realize they were at trailer yeah. phase with that right now. And Wonka, God, guarantees. that looks horrible. Uh, uh, I, <laughs> I guarantee Shalom that Shalom and Bing Bong is Willy Wonka. <laughs> Fuck right off. I, I guarantee a lot of movies. Like, Gran Turismo's already pushed this release by two weeks. I mean, because part of the problem now is nobody can promote these movies. Like, that, that, that we'll do it. Part of the SAG strike. We, we'll do it. Yeah. I'll go I, and let him in. Well, he's not around anymore. I'll go and whatever. Hi, I'm Orlando <laughs> Bloom and I'm in Gran Turismo. <laughs> the only reason I think that Ninja Turtles is uh, not pushing its release date is because, well, the kids aren't going to, the kids who are going to see it aren't going to care about <laughs> the uh, Think of the children. They're not going to care. I didn't see this movie promoted by any of the cast. I like, I legitimately like have not seen an ounce of advertising volume. that's surprising thing that was coming out to like october um that i mean and the thing i'll say about gran turismo like as a motorsport fan like it, it's not really exciting me because i think that i mean i know it's technically a true story but it looks so cheesy so but i'll see it for the sake of seeing it but what else have we got this year that's even remotely exciting aquaman 2 is that uh, they did a trailer for that i've not seen anything around aquaman 2 no um yeah, let me look here. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I will say, uh, while I'm looking this up... Enzo, Ferrari, uh, I'm looking forward to that, but sorry. Uh, again, everything's like with, with the asterisks, if it actually gets released, you know? Um, but uh, on the topic of Ninja Turtles, uh, Casper, I don't even know, he, he'd never seen Ninja Turtles or anything, but uh, he suddenly started talking a lot about Ninja Turtles, and they have these, they have, they're called sensory screenings here. Like, mm. once every six weeks, you... You, you have like, you can go to the movie for anybody who's autistic where they're not going to be booming the sound. The lights are going to be up. Um, last time I took Casper to one of these, it was just him and one other little girl who just ran around the theater playing the whole time. Uh, but uh, Ninja Turtles, he's like really into it all of a sudden where Jamie's got like a purple scarf that he keeps tying around his head as a headband. And he's saying he's Donatello. Uh, so yeah, I'll definitely get him on for a review of that. Uh, the Meg 2 comes out yeah, this week. Off, wow. Off, that uh, trailer. Oh, my God. Um, there's the Blue Beetle on the 18th. There's, uh, yeah, Grand Turismo is now the 20th. Equalizer 3. I'm excited for that. My I Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. One and two. Um, yeah, I'm looking uh, here as well. Expendables Expend 4. Expend 4 Bulls. Expend 4 They're Bulls. They're doing another Spy Kids? 
Uh, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Oh, there's gonna be another one that we'll Soul get the kids 10? on. The, oh, the, the creator, that um, uh, one that looks like a Terminator movie. That, there's another, oh uh, yeah, that one's gonna The Exorcist, another, they're all just like, oh, Five Nights at Freddy's. I've never played the game, but I got into the hype of that. I used to love watching the uh, reaction movies. I've never seen the first June, so that doesn't bother me. The Marvels, oh, yeah, we'll go see that because it's a Marvel movie. Uh, Hunger Games, that's going to be a big one. Oh, God, I've never seen any of those. Uh, Napoleon, that trailer looked terrible. Sorry, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, yeah, what? Chicken, oh, Chicken Run 2? <laughs> Hang on a minute, I forgot that was coming I out. I that one, yeah. Oh, get excited. Aquaman, Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder movie. Um, oh, that's a Netflix one. That was the one that when he, he originally developed as a Star Wars movie and then they canceled it and he said, uh, well, I'm just going to make the movie every, either, either way and just take all the Star Wars references out. Oh, Carrie Yules is in Anthony Hopkins. I uh, said so Ferrari comes out apparently on Christmas Day at this rate. At rate. So, um, yeah. No, I've got to say, not over. I think I'm, I've done my dash for the excited movies. I mean, yeah, Chicken Run 2, sure, get a bit excited. Blue, I mean, but even like Blue Beetle and Aquaman as DC fans, they're not exactly you know, super there. But Ferrari is probably the one that I'm like, bring on Ferrari. I'm still reading the book. It's a long fucking book. Might finish <laughs> it by December. Um, so anyway, but stay tuned. Uh, we're obviously uh, just starting Bad Movie Month. Uh, appropriate that we've just done Barbie. Um, but uh, <laughs> Jack and Jill went up the hill coming uh, your way in a couple of days' time. So stay tuned for that. And uh, 24, which speaking of which, we're about to record one. So let's just start it right now. Joining us on 24 right now. Um, but yes, Barbie, it happened. Uh, my name is Ben, and there are no multiples of Ben. I'm just Ben. And my name is Colin, Ben's buddy. All his clothes fit me. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.